It's time for another edition of Dome and Domer, the only podcast for Notre Dame fans by Notre Dame fans. If you're looking for cogent analysis and unbiased opinions backed by careful reporting, you've come to the wrong place. For the next 20 minutes or so, you'll get a fan's perspective on the Fighting Irish without all the normal spin from the so-called professional analysts. It's Dome and Domer. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Brammer and Ed Jordanic. Hello, Irish fans, and welcome to another edition of Dome and Domer. My name is Mike Brammer. Joining me, Ed Jordanic, also joining us from the friendly confines of Galway, Ireland. There you go. Right, I, I right tried my Irish shows. accent, but it's not the mm-hmm. only thing I can do is Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. It's a bit weird yes, early yes, in the morning for right. a drink coffee. Indeed. <laughs> and and as a public service announcement to everybody who watches this, if you are in a bar and you order a Guinness and they take less than five minutes to get it to you, they poured it wrong. You should send it back and make them do it again. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's a good point. Very good. Well, I'm envious. By the way, this is a rainbow coming in over there you go. N- not a bad light in a hotel room. Banish that from banish that thought. Well, good. Well, the wait has been worth it. Uh, we I'm going to let you go first, Ed, because you've been out missing in action as Coffee and I have kind of done our best to hold up. Done some pretty decent predictions, although I have to I have to call Coffee out. He thought Clemson was going to pull this one out. Um, uh, yes, but I, you know, in terms of just surprise factor, I mean, I think a lot of people were shocked at, at what they saw. Maybe maybe not us as much. I mean, I. I certainly didn't think that we were going to put 35 points on the board. And I think the reason for that is the pick six, the block punt, obviously. I mean, I didn't think our offense was capable of putting 35 points on the board. That obviously isn't what happened. But uh, regardless, I mean, I, I just the amount of uh, momentum this has caused for the program at this very moment, it's short lived. It's five days. But boy, did it turn the corner hard and fast, especially with all those recruits there Saturday night. Yeah, no, it was definitely a uh, a great night, and um, you know, you kind of as as we watched this team this year, um, I don't think I ever had a feeling like, oh, this is a situation where the the wheels could really come off. I kind of was sort of a half cup, half empty, where it was just like, how can how how are they going to be able to put this all together? Um, and to see them put it all together, you know, in a prime time game against a top five opponent. It was just super fun and super, super enjoyable. Um, you know, we could all see the offensive line making progress you know, during the course of the year. We could see some of the younger players starting to play better. You know, obviously they had stumbles. You know, Morrison is a good example of that. Um, obviously, Collie made a play. You know, uh, Botello is getting a larger role as he gets sort of comfortable. And they're, 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 they're you know, they're fast twitch athletes. Um, but they're learning how to play football the way that these coaches want them to play and seeing it all come together um, on one night against a really, really talented team. I mean, if you look at the, at the star rankings, recruiting rankings of the, the people on the, you know, the, the personnel on the Clemson side of the football, especially the defensive side of the football, you know, pushing those guys around um, was, uh, was really, was really fun. And, you know, there wasn't sort of like a, you know, there wasn't an orange wave um, in the stadium. Um, there was a, uh, there was I heard there was a lot there, though. There was. Oh, yeah. No, they travel well, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something that made you go like, oh, geez, this is BS. Yeah, you know, this, yeah. it was, it was, uh, and they obviously, um, you know, were quiet. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the, you know, when you get a well, 14 to nothing, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it, it, exactly. And it was, so, <laughs> you know, it's, 
obviously, you know, you number one is win the football game, but man, the the style points were were just yeah. just plenty, just all over the field. Um, you know, that those first two quarters, just seeing a swarm to the football on defense um, yeah. was, and, and you know, even when we punted the ball, I think we only had one three and out for the whole game, so you know, we won the field position game. Even when we were backed up, we got two, three, four first downs before. Yeah, we I, had thought, I thought the same exact thing. Yeah, yeah I, I yep. saw that too. You know, Coffee, it's interesting because I, I think going into the game, the national um, reaction was Clemson was way overranked. They didn't deserve to be number four in the CFP. And so, you know, there's a lot of people complaining about that. Um, and then all of a sudden we handed to them and so a lot of people, you know, had that reaction of, well, this this was a team that shouldn't have been. But I, I don't know if I agree with that at all. I, I find that hard to believe. Just as Ed said, you know, you look at the the talent on that team. Their, their defensive Absolutely. front is all going to be in the NFL one day. Every single one of those guys. No doubt about it. And no, so I, th I, this I is no small agree. thing. I think it's disingenuous to say that uh, Clemson's overranked. I don't buy that I, at all. No, I, I completely agree. I, now, are are they that maybe they're not one of the top four teams in the nation? That's fine, but they're not like one of the bottom four teams in the nation. As you said, that defense is going to be playing on Sundays for a couple of years to come, and the performance that this offense, particularly the offensive line, put on them is it, it's almost Holtz like. Because I, when yeah. I was watching that game and just the way they were able to just physically grind it down and beat them up, play after play after play. And th that's the kind of offense Notre Dame should be able to run. I, I know they should be able to perform well in the passing game. You want to be able to attract quality quarterbacks, quality wide receivers and stuff like that. But Notre Dame's recruiting strength has always been on the lines. And to have an offensive line like we're seeing now with Patterson back, and just watching the improvement over the course of the year. We didn't see that in previous years when Quinn was the coach. And I know there are some people that are not huge Harry Heastan fans, but this season, the, the line has improved from game to game. Yeah, it's and been it's huge. Just I think it's a beautiful been really huge. thing to watch. You know, Ed, there was something your buddy put out that was pretty interesting, uh, Pete Sampson, that um, he tweeted out. That buddy, he, not my buddy. That's, you know. yeah, there you go. So I do. So, I, I am an athletic subscriber. I do like Pete's writing, but OK. Yeah, he um, but I thought it was interesting because on the third down conversions, when Notre Dame ran the football, even in third and 10 and third and 12, they were like five for five. I think I was some ridiculous. And then when they threw the football, they were like, oh, for four on third down or something like that. I mean, I, I can't remember the exact tweet, but. The point is, is that and what I'm kind of curious with you about, I still see things that I'm concerned about with Pine, and I know it's not fair to pick on him. I mean, he was he was given the game ball in terms of offensive player. And I, I personally think that that's uh, Freeman just trying to hope for the best coming down the pipe to finish out this season. But, um, but you know, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm kind of curious. I, I still see that as going to be an issue moving forward here. Now, great. The, the running game takes care of it. But. You know, in particular, I don't know if you remember this play, but it's kind of indicative of him this season. There was a play, I want to say it was late in the second quarter, where we were probably inside the 30-yard line, and we ran that route up the middle where I, it was either Mayer or somebody else. I think it was somebody else, but, you know, the 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 receiver was headed towards the goal line, and all he had to do was put it right here in front of the guy, 
which was away from the free safety. And instead, Pine ends up throwing it back this way, and the guy's momentum took him away, and he just a missed wide-open guy. It would have been a touchdown. Yeah. And it, that's been multiple times I've seen this with him. And it, and I don't know. I mean, it's it's. I, I think there's a lot we need to do to still address with Drew Pine to get that better, to give him a better chance of success, because I just don't know if it's going to work him sitting back in the pocket standing there with guys that are six foot two that he's trying to see over and not get balls batted down. I mean, it, to me, that's the only major concern at the moment for us moving forward. I don't know. Could yeah, no, I mean, I, listen, I mean, his shortcomings are well documented. And I think that the best that we can hope for is that, you know, he becomes, he's, he's, he's never going to be a, a top tier uh, quarterback, but he can be a, a, a top level game manager. And I think that's why he got the game ball for Saturday is because, you know, they had a lot of different uh, sets, a lot of different checks. You know, they did this, you know, they did this. That is true, they, right. Yeah. You know, they, yeah, they did a lot of that kind of stuff. The other thing is, is that, you know, he made some plays. Uh, you know, he made, uh, he ran in for a touchdown. Uh, he, he had a really nice sprint out throw to Jaden Thomas on the sidelines to keep yeah. the drive alive. It was a really good catch, but it was a really good throw. Um, and then when when Freeman and, and Reese kind of called his number, um, you know, he didn't overthrow Mayer on the last touchdown. He hit him. Yep, yep, <laughs> and so, true. you know, just and, and so those those and he didn't turn the ball over. His ball security was really good. But, you know, but he also did the things that we've seen and that we really you know grown about, which is, you know, he had what, two or three balls batted down in the first quarter or first half. Um, you know, he missed a couple throws. So I, it, it is what it is. But to me, it, it appears to be and there's some, you know, some some sort of, you know, rumors that sort of, you know, would seem to indicate this, that a lot of it is just it's a confidence thing with him. Yeah. And so yeah. this could do wonders for his confidence, oh, because I think, I think so, yeah. that they're going to need, yeah. you know, they're going to need as good a game as he played Saturday uh, to beat USC and to, to win a bowl game. And so if he could not hurt them. <laughs> Then I think you know Notre Dame can win their last four games. Um, yeah. And so sure. maybe this was the this was the sort of impetus for for sort of a you know kind of a, a decent finish for him. Do I think he's the quarterback of the future for this team to win a national championship? No. Um, but he's come in and uh, you know he uh, you got to give him you got to give him credit. He's he's hung in there, and you know he's done his effing job. Um, this, well, as a uh, starter, he's only got one loss, so he's doing something. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But but by the same token, it's, as I completely agree with that, especially when he said, you know, just his game management was fantastic. I think that Drew Pine operated at the absolute top level that Drew Pine can operate. And Notre Dame beat a top four team as a result, which is great. But I also agree that he's not the quarterback of the future and not to rag on the guy, but I think the future needs to arrive sooner rather than later. So I, I'm hoping that Tommy Reese and... Marcus Freeman are are going to be active in the transfer portal. If there are some uh, grad transfer quarterbacks who want to try to show the NFL what they can do in one year at Notre Dame before CJ Carr gets here uh, the season after next, then I, I think that would be a very smart thing for them to do. Yeah, I, I, I kind of definitely think, look, it, it, if if you look at Notre Dame just objectively, I kind of personally think we're a quarterback away from being a really good football team offensively. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got the, you've got one of the best running games in college football right now. We've proven it over the last five games. Um, but, but we definitely are missing 
and and like you said, uh, Ed, maybe Pine puts it together because I I do think he's got an accurate arm, and and I do think it would make a lot of sense that it's just a confidence level thing for him because he can throw a good ball. Now I I think where he struggles is when he goes to throw it deep, he, he doesn't send to put the right trajectory on the ball. He doesn't let guys run underneath it and let the ball drop in their hands. He's always trying to keep that low trajectory with the tight spin and the you know which makes it much more difficult to be perfect when you're throwing it that way. That, that's the only knock that I got on him. Um, but I, I'd like to see offensively, maybe Reese put him in some situations where we roll him out a little bit, you know, or, or, or even just roll the pocket a little bit. Cause we used to do that with book book. Wouldn't just necessarily drop straight back and sit in the pocket. Sometimes we'd go left. Sometimes we'd go right. And just those little, little sets give us angles for his eyes to see downfield and, and, you know, whatever read progressions are going to be. But I mean, I think if we can figure that out, this could be a really doggone good team when we get to USC. Yeah. Well, I also think that, you know, the formula uh, is going to be very interesting. You know, you don't want to, you know, we, we don't want to count any chickens because it would be, it would be very on brand for this team to stub its toe against Navy or, or BC. That is true. Totally, but, very, totally. but but I do think I do think that we've kind of probably crossed the crossed a, a line um, in terms of sort of our ability to, to, to kind of put those teams away and to play to play better. Um, so so let's let's assume that th- that those go as they should. Um, you know, the formula to beat USC is is really sort of just it, it's just, you know, it's ball control and just pound the yeah, crap. I, th- out I of think them, it is. You know? Well, I'm not thinking the next three games, don't you think they're just going to come out and pound the foot? I, I mean, how could you not start right. out running 10 out of 12 times the next three games? I mean, right. until but somebody your, proves they can stop you, you got to go with that. You don't have an yeah, option. But, but, but to your point, I, I mean, I agree. I think, I think finally, I think Tommy's finally sort of getting sort of um, uh, a real comfort level about what, what, you know, Drew Pine can do and what he um, is less successful at. And like you said, giving him those clear passing lanes, whether it's moving to his right um, or, you know, I mean, he had a couple of really nice, you know, very, very simple short throws behind the line of scrimmage to Chris Tyree that worked out really well, Um, you know, that got him in space and got us 10 or 12 yards. Um, Those kind of plays, I think, are are really good confidence builders. Um, They move the sticks. They sort of are a, a nice. I mean, they're basically running plays, except they're short throws. Um, yeah, yeah. We have really good linemen who can get out and you know get get out in space and block. Um, and you know, Jane Thomas, Michael Mayer, uh, Mitchell Evans, Braden Lindsay. Um, you know, all those guys are are good blockers. They really are um, on the edge. So, so I think he's getting comfortable with the kind of game you know and, and playing to playing to our strengths, which is which is all you can ask for. So, um, you know, it's a shame that we couldn't kind of figure out a way to, uh, to beat two inferior teams while we were getting this stuff figured out. Um, but uh, it is what it is. And it's just like you said at the, at the top, Mike, at least, at least now we can, you can, you know, we can be comfortable with the trajectory. We can kind of see that, uh, that, uh, that there's substance as well as, as style when it comes to Marcus Freeman. And, and that sort of, at least for the time being, um, you know, uh, there's, uh, there's sort of like real nice coordination between Tommy Reese, Harry, he Chan- uh, Stucky and Dylan McCullough. I mean, they seem to be operating as an offensive coaching staff, um, 
you know, very well integrated and coordinated right now. And that's, I think that's a real positive. Yeah, that definitely is. Absolutely. Well, not to, I mean, I don't want to jinx us, but I mean, like to your point, I mean, we could, it's a head scratching moment when you see what we do to Clemson and then you say, well, wait, how did these guys lose to Marshall or Stanford? I mean, this just doesn't make any sense. We have a and, first year and, head coach who's getting his feet under him and trying to figure out how these things work, which, which happens. Yeah, in my exactly. Mind. And I, th I think so. So now you look out over the next three games to finish the season. I mean, really, what happens over these next three games will define Notre Dame for, for 2022. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think if he goes 2-0 in these next two games, um, you know, we, Coffee, we said last week, hey, if we could go two and three against those three ranked opponents, Syracuse, Clemson and USC, we'd take it all day long. Um, mm -hmm. He's now staring at a chance to go on three for three against those guys. I, so, I, I want three and zero oh now. I, that's that's what well, I want. To see. Just the, the way, way they were playing, you would think that's possible. Exactly. But, the, um, the way they've executed against these two teams, yeah, Southern Cal is an outstanding offense because that's what Lincoln Riley coaches. But Southern Cal's defense, is, and I realize I'm talking two games ahead here, but Southern Cal's defense is definitely suspect, and I don't yeah. think Southern Cal has seen a defense like ours in the Pac-10 so far this year. So yeah. I, I think I, I think a, a nine and three finish is definitely, definitely possible. Well, I think Ed's probably right. I think it's ball control in that game. If we can just hang on to the football and dominate time of possession, then you you get out of that track meet game of 42 to 35, which I don't think we can win that. That's a game that'll get away from us. Yeah. Um, but I, I got to bring it up, Ed, because I'm just curious. I mean, it was the other big sports talk of Saturday. I mean, were you shocked at all by Brian Kelly beating Saban in his first game? I mean, I was a little shocked. I'm uh, going to be honest with that. I wasn't expecting it. Wave your hand when you're done. I'll take the fingers <laughs> out of my No, I mean, listen, I mean, you know, we know Brian Kelly's a good football coach and we know they've been improving. So, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I think, um, I think what's, what's kind of fascinating to me is, is that how quickly, you know, Jane Daniels came along to yeah, be sort of a really impact player, right? Um, from his first couple of games to where he's at right now, I mean, holy cow, that's right, been right. unbelievable. Right, and he's got some um, really good young talent. I mean, this Perkins guy, this linebacker is really, you know, terrific. Um, but, I mean, you know, part of this is also um, Alabama seems to struggle um, away from Tuscaloosa. Um, this is not one of their better, you know, one of their better teams. And, um, and, uh, you know, I, listen, I, I definitely, uh, think that, um, it's great for college football, um, when something like this happens. I mean, you know, it's, it's great that Alabama and Clemson aren't going to be in the playoff this year. Um, it's great that Brian Kelly goes for two, um, to try and win yeah, a football game true. against Alabama. I mean, all that stuff is, uh. I don't know why. I don't know what Coffee's deal is. Like, I mean, yeah, Coffee, uh, we got to be careful because we that could be a storyline in the bowl game as Freeman against Brian Kelly. Yeah, whatever. You know, bring it on. It makes life interesting. I mean, <laughs> sure, why not? I mean, that could happen. That's not yeah, too far fetched. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, actually, there there was an article in the Athletic where they kind of detailed out what are. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy. Uh, the guy who had the uh, an, like an email Q and A, and someone asked. What would have to happen for Notre Dame and LSU to meet in a bowl game? And apparently, there is a scenario, and yeah, he capital it out. I think LSU has to lose like once or twice more, and 
There is an ACC-SEC matchup. I want to say it is in the Outback Bowl or like whatever yeah, bowls in Orlando, Tampa. I think, yeah. And th that it is a possibility. It could happen. Interesting. Well, for now, let's let's hope that we can get through uh, the next couple of games because I, I still think that there's a little bit of concern being that we're capable of losing to Marshall and Stanford. You hope that's behind us, but yeah. maybe I hate playing. I just don't want to get any injuries. You know, I'd hate to see somebody get chop blocked and, yeah. and twist the knee. But Ed, what, what's your prediction for Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I thought I heard Marcus Freeman say in one of his interviews that there's a there's a rule change this year, right, where they can't cut block past the line of scrimmage or something like that. So I think that there's. Yeah, I think yeah, like, yeah, I heard the same thing you did. That would yeah. help. Yeah, so that, that, that would help. You know, I mean, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, Navy is not a particularly good team. Their defense is multiple, but it's just it just becomes sort of like a physical type thing of le a leverage type game where, you know, maybe it'll take us a little bit to figure it out. But um but I'll say, you know, it, I'll say Notre Dame wins, uh, you know, 38 to 17. Um, and, um, you know, they'll be home in their beds by, you know, 7, 8 o'clock at night, which will be good. Um, Gotta love those noon kickoffs. Yeah. The other thing we forgot to mention is, you know, it was really it was really gratifying to see Notre Dame play well at home. You know, they had really struggled. Yeah, sure. um, and to come very out true. against their their highest rated opponent and really look focused and locked in. And, you know, there were mm -hmm. very few mental errors um, in that game. And I think that it's hilarious that that Notre Dame won this big because we've gotten through a whole Dome and Dover podcast with, without Brammer slamming the refs. Which we're, <laughs> we're, we're, I could have <laughs> easily gone there. I just you could have easily. As long as we win, I don't need to go there. Nice. You, you'd, nice. Have plenty of material, you'd have plenty of material to work with. I mean, they were pretty good. Exactly. Um, and actually, but build, building on what Ed said, um, not only perform well at home, but perform well when there were so many key recruits there for the 2023 and 2024 classes there, because this home season was a little bit weak. So everybody wanted to come out for the Clemson game. So a bunch of like Peyton Bowen and all those guys are there. Yeah. And yep. Notre Dame actually absolutely blows Clemson's doors off under the lights in front of all the players they need to succeed in the future season. So that was so key. So yeah, 100%. Yeah, that was that was a massive, massive win for sure. But, what, but as, as far problem? as my prediction goes, I'm going to make two predictions. Number one, this is going to be one of the shortest Notre Dame Navy games in history because both teams are going to establish run games and the clock is just going to go, 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 go. And even though it's a noon, uh, like a, a noon Eastern start that would normally get the team home fast, they're going to be home even earlier because this game is going to finish <laughs> in less than three hours. But I predicted a Notre Dame 49 to 10 win in our site contest because I figured the defense and special teams are good for at least two touchdowns in this right. game. So well, hope, hopefully I'm wrong about this because I've got a little bit of a different slant. I just think it's going to be a little bit tighter than we think. Um, just ball control possession. Like you said, a fast game, a lot of clock running off. We might be limited in our opportunities, but I'm going to go with 27 to 12. Um, but but I, I do think that we'll control field goals? the end. 27 12. Yeah, but it'd be four so, field goals for them. Yeah, a couple field goals. Work? Yeah, I do. I think that okay. you know it's it's gonna be, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um hopefully I'm wrong about that, but um wouldn't surprise me. But hey, wins a win is all we want. And um, you know, if we can get through these next two games with no injuries, then I think we're gonna be positioned really well for USC. And I think that's gonna be a heck of a ball game. Um, I agree. That'll that'll be a fun game to watch. A lot of excitement around that, especially if we can, you know, we're 
could be that we end up being around 10th by the time we meet them, maybe 12th. Um, if, if we're lucky, you never know. Um, but, but that could be a great marquee game for us to end the season and, uh, put, you know, put a really high note going right in because the early signing Where's we going? Yeah. Would be before that bowl game. So yeah, for sure. Awesome. All right, great. We'll leave it there. You've been listening to Doma Domer, an online conversation about Notre Dame sports from a fan's perspective. Fred Jernanik, Mike Coffey from the bright brightness of Ireland. I love it. Very windy Ireland. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Thanks, guys.